0: Another episode of the Blank Page Podcast hosted by yours truly, Laraib. And Rachel. And today we'll be covering a topic that has become a common phrase in the lovely English language. Judging a book by its cover. We'll be dividing the topic into four points. Cover design, attraction, visuals, and themes. So Rachel, how do you judge a book by its cover? So I judge based on whether
1: the cover is up to date whether it's the story that i'm interested in you know that (laughs) it attracts my attention and it's something eye-catching that and that honestly making sure that the front cover is indicative of what the plot is gonna be Mm -hmm. so how do you judge a book by its cover
0: genuinely speaking i look at the cover design of the book and not only the front cover but also the spine of the book Mm -hmm. um Mostly because when you go to a bookstore, unless a book is quite prominent and it's being displayed as, you know, front cover first or already has a poster up on the wall somewhere, Mm -hmm. more than likely your book is going to be placed uh, library style into the bookshelves. And the first thing you see is the spine of the book. And I usually look at the spine and... I see whether or not I actually want to pick the book out of the bookshelf and look at it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And first, look at the front cover. So I will likely go look at the spine, pull it out, and then look at the cover. I'm I'm the type of person that if the cover isn't engaging or it's not interesting to me, I will likely not read the book.
1: I agree because honestly, you don't, (laughs) you don't want to get a book and then put it on display at your house. You know, like this is your pride and joy. You know, you're a book, you're, what is the, what's the phrase that they use? A book geek? Yeah. You're a book, you know, you're a book geek. And so like, you want this beautiful cover to be the first thing people see when like they look at your coffee table or your nightstand or what have you. And you just don't want this hideous, outdated, cover. Like you just don't. And as an, as as an aspiring self-published author, I really think that it's important to make sure that as self-published authors, we always try to keep in mind that we want our covers to be as up to date as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm Definitely. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it's just like a house. Like if you really, if you like, if we really think about this, covers are like your house you wouldn't want to go into a house and feel like you're in an outdated 1970s infrastructure when you're looking for a more modern home Mm. it's important that you have like we said updated covers because i don't know about you but like i have gone into the bookstore and especially in the fantasy section i don't know why but we as fantasy writers need to get our shit together i don't know why but every time it seems that when i go to the fantasy section it's like the covers are really old outdated and it it's almost stale and so like I'm Mm. always concerned that when I pick up an outdated book cover well book with an outdated cover that generally the story is going to be stale and have a lot of old tropes and caricatures instead of having three-dimensional characters that we all love and can relate to. And so, like, nobody wants to pick up that kind of book. No one wants to read that. That's super boring, and generally speaking... The stories that came out in the seventies, eighties, and nineties—hell, even early two thousands—for the most part, yeah, they, they just didn't have as much conflict <laughs> like as they do now, and it's just not, yeah, it's not, it's not current. It's just not something that yeah. I don't know about you. I just would not want to read. But like, it's really cool to see that a lot of classics, like Nineteen Eighty-Four, Fahrenheit Four Hundred Fifty-One, is a really good one. And I don't know if you know, but J.K. Rowland, she just updated. Her book covers to be more current. And I swear to you, every year, Fahrenheit 451, without stopping, I swear, every year they have a new book cover.
0: Yeah, uh, not only a new book cover, like somehow, some way, their book covers tend to reflect the current time.
1: Yeah, because the book itself is timeless. Yeah, it's dystopian. And so it's still, especially in the times that we live in now, it's still relatable. And so it only makes sense that as a time, as you call it a timeless novel, that the cover reflect that sense of timelessness and continuously stays up to date. Mm -hmm.
0: And speaking of pulling the right kind of audience with your updated stories and your outdated covers, (laughs) um, you want to make sure that your cover is attracting the right kind of audience, whether it be with... Staying within your genre, in your lane, if you will. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Like, I definitely do agree that whenever you
1: decide to... Whoever you decide to go with to produce a beautiful, eye-catching, updated book cover, you want to make sure, like, you're attracting, as you say, the right kind of audience within your genre. Like, who the fuck would pick up a sci-fi novel and read it and it's fantasy or yeah. it's romance or what have you like
0: <laughs> that is just so frustrating you know you you get what i'm saying it definitely is i will be honest one of the bad examples i'm going to give is scythe mm-hmm. scythe is a futuristic uh, novel by neil shusterman mm-hmm. but if you look at the side cover slash the spine of the book um, the font really isn't sci-fi. It's more uh, very chunky. So at a glance, it almost seems fantasy-esque. Yeah. So at a glance, the book seems like a fantasy book, and you pull it out, and the cover itself, the cover art, is of a scythe. Though it it is speaking about what the book is about, it still isn't completely indicative of what the book holds.
1: Yeah, like it completely fell short of your expectations.
0: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I adore the book. It's still, it was kind of jarring when I started to read the book, and the book isn't
1: a what fantasy, you...
0: it's a sci fi.
1: Yeah, and it's a good thing that, like, sci fi is your preferred genre because. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. If I was like a hardcore looking for a fantasy book and I found futuristic humans who have develop the ability to not die, I would be questioning the book cover and probably returning the book. But I do order the book. So, you know, I'm not sending it back. (laughs) So
1: yeah, Larabe, I agree. That takes us into our third point, which is visuals. Keeping your visuals on track is important because not only is it indicative of the story that you're telling, but also it brings in our other points which is keeping your cover up to date um and tracking the right audience for whatever story you're trying to tell examples mm-hmm. of this can be can range from the mockingjay from the hunger games mm-hmm. yeah the yeah the eye from 1984 yep and the matchsticks again from fire 451 and these are just like several different examples of keeping visuals on track.
0: Yeah. So would you say keeping your visuals on track is also heavily influenced by the theme of your story or just in general?
1: No. So visuals include, like, people... Like, visuals can be anything. People, places, or... People, places, or themes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in, um... And romance novels, usually they only have font, like, cur- like pretty cursive font, um, uh-huh. and in young adult um, romance genres, they have really pretty cursive font, you know, they have background settings, or generally they have people. I personally mm-hmm. don't like covers that have people on them, but then again, that's why yeah. I like fantasy and science fiction, because generally yeah. they don't
0: have people on them. I don't know, It was. Always- kind of it's kind of jarring to like see a person on a cover and it's becoming a lot more commonplace recently um yeah I I think that's influenced a lot with uh a lot from getting uh book covers that have movie posters on them Mm mm-hmm or book covers that are movie posters, like it's just become more commonplace. Yeah, personally, I feel like it takes
1: away from the overall story because I don't, Yeah, the whole point of being a writer is to show, don't tell. I feel as though by them putting a picture of their characters as their front cover, it's them telling me, what they should look like instead of allowing their writing to do that. And so whenever I'm reading a visual description of a character within a novel, the way I picture the character is based on what you've written, Mm -hmm. not what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of revising, editing, um, beta readers, um, the whole creative process You've had up until now to create these vivid descriptions that you wanted to get across. You know, it's like Stephen King said, it starts off in the mind of the writer, but then ends in the mind of the reader. And so to me, you kind of take me out of that fantasy, if you will, of the story that you've created by putting a picture of another person on your front cover. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And generally speaking, there are very few times where I've read books that have people on the front cover, Mm -hmm. and most of the time their faces were covered or genuinely you didn't see them. Um, One of the, I guess, the only examples that's coming into my head right now, even though I'm pretty sure there are more, is a novel called, it's not even a novel, goodness, it's a book. Mm-hmm. There's a book called uh, Red Hood. The person on the front cover is literally the most titular thing in the story. It's a guy wearing a red hoodie standing next to a car's red hood.
1: Yeah, and see, that's another thing about making sure you, all the elements within your story, are employed properly on your front cover Mm -hmm. because like you said the character was titular to the story
0: um was the car a part of the story yeah the car was a part of the story the guy with the red hood was a part of the story and they were both on the front cover and also uh speaking of people on the front cover you didn't really see a person it's just like where the face would be it was just blackness his hands weren't showing So you don't know what race he is simply by looking at the cover right? or what kind of like visuals the author is going for just by looking at the covers. The only thing you see is the Red Hood and that's it. Yeah, and that just
1: brings us to our fourth and final point is theme. And so theme is what creates these iconic visuals. Theme is what brings together Um, having the right audience, and even down to the title of your story. Um, Back to our previous example, and I think this might answer your question in a more roundabout way, Um, Mm -hmm. but in George Orwell's 1984, not only is it an attractive, eye-catching visual, but it's also the theme of his entire novel, which is Big Brother is watching you. The government is watching you. And instead of, you know taking notice and having like say a person on the front cover looking at you or pointing at you kind of like the uncle sam character yeah. and instead of doing something like yeah. that he chose specifically
0: an eye uh, something that has become such a commonplace image and our, yeah yeah our pop culture that like there's an entire show oh it's around like big brother is there? I didn't. I yeah, did not know that. Do you not know about the? Oh, it's, it's a reality
1: show. Oh, I had no idea. I know they came out with the Fahrenheit 451. I'm sorry. This. I know this is a tangent, but I know they came out with Fahrenheit 451, and I know the film, and I know they did. Um.
0: Um. Yes, they did do Man in the High Castle, um, by Philip K. Dick, which is an amazing novel and even amazing show, but more more to the point they do have a what it's called reality show based around like every single one of your move being moves being watched by cameras constantly mm-hmm. and it's called big brother okay i had no idea yeah. it, it's it's kind of odd because the entire point is you're able to hear and listen to all of their conversations and it's it, Essentially, it is extremely voyeuristic. Okay. I mean, I like that. I I like (laughs) the idea
1: of that because, again, because of George Orwell's 1984, it has influenced pop culture. And so based on the theme of his novel, the imagery of the eye and Big Brother has become iconic in a way. And so I mm-hmm. think that's what everyone's novel should try to incorporate, you know, and you can have, and you can have either one or the other, like, I don't think that you necessarily have to have the cover of your novel has to be a theme from your story. Cause like game of Thrones cover, for example, is the lion of Lannister. Yeah. And that's just the inciting incident of the story, the yeah, the, yeah, of the characters, you know? So, like, and that just... And I think that's what I meant by visuals, Laura, But I think, hopefully I'm answering your mm. question, is that, you know, theme and visuals are kind <laughs> of two separate things. You know, your cover can encapsulate your theme, but not vice versa. Okay, yeah. And so it really just depends on what your genre is aka making sure you attract the right audience and you keep it up to date oh my god yes keep it up to date without putting people without putting people in front of it
0: yeah it's fine to follow trends it really is because that will get you the most amount of attention but there are trends that will deter other parts of your audience yeah
1: and i think that's all the time we have today yeah so thank you guys for listening and hope you guys enjoyed this episode you can find us on itunes and soundcloud and twitter at the blank page and we'll see you guys next time take care
0: bye love you
1: castle in the sky or what is it called A castle wait castle in the sky uh is that not what it's called? Man on the High Castle.
0: That is a what? Hayao
1: Miyazaki film. I am so yeah. sorry.
0: <laughs> Castle on the Shut up.